0: Die He might give eternal life that I might live
1: then rose again How Welcome to Yankee be? Arnold Ministries. West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. For Jesus saved my soul that night.
0: Now, I gave you some notes. But we're going to preach the sermon, Where Are the Men? So don't look at the back page. I'm so glad when I give you notes, you don't just rush and look at it and see, now, where are we headed today? I know you don't do that. But I wanted you to look at this title, Where Are the Men? And there's a a verse here. Last week I put my water down here and I think Jim Scudder drank it all. (laughs) It's lemon juice. You know, one year at Florida Bible College, we had to do public speaking. We had to get in front of everybody one by one. And... um, We had to always shout it out as loud as we could. I know men in the rank who are going to stay in the rank. Why? Because they don't have the ability to get things done. So we had to really be, you know, dramatic and exciting and pound the pulpit and raise our voice. And so I did mine, got through and sat down. And then Bo Bryan, he he got through and he sat down beside me. But we're sitting on the front row. (laughs) Then they had this girl come up. And sitting on the front row, Boat had a, a lemon, and he already sliced it in half. When she got ready to start, he went, and she got ready to do her part. Ain't no men in the rink, you gonna stay in the rink. And we laughed. We, Our sides were splitting, our jaws were hurting. And we laughed because it was so funny. But nobody else knew what was going on because he was trying to do the <laughs> And he was oh, all that, that lemon. And she just couldn't say her thing. And so she, the teacher said, OK, try it again. And she tried again. <laughs> and finally, the teacher walked down from the back of the auditorium and came down to the front because they were doing this in the auditorium go to Church. And he saw what Bo was doing. He got kicked out of the class. Uh, but I have to have a little bit you know so and it's uh, no strong drink you believe me right (laughs) my wife makes me take this stuff Lord says I tried to get you up here 10 years ago but your wife kept you alive (laughs) (laughs) I want you to look at the notes here you like that she liked that the very first statement here is, God is looking for a man. God looking for a man. Second Chronicles in chapter 16, verse 9. We won't turn there. I got some verses I'm going to have you turn to, but for the sake of time, I want you to just look there in your notes. And for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Do you know there's a, a thing about serving the Lord, and some people say, well, no, it's just so hard to bear. It's just a, such a heavy cross. Well, I found out that I believed if you don't serve the Lord, it's a heavier cross. He says, unless thou serve the Lord with joyfulness of heart, I will put a yoke of iron upon your neck until it destroys you. And a lot of people have placed, well, God placed a yoke of iron upon their neck. And as you go through life, you don't have all that peace, joy, and love, and happiness, purpose and so forth that you think you're going to have. It's only found with the Lord. So when you run from the Lord, you run from everything that's wonderful, everything that you really want in life. You're trying to find it another way. And so he says, thou shalt have what you've acted foolishly. Because, see, the Bible says, God, his eyes are like radar screens. He's searching for a man, searching for somebody he can make strong on his behalf. See, God is looking for young men that he can use, men that God can lay his hand upon and do something with. So if that is God's goal as a preacher, I'm always looking for those young men. I'm trying to find somebody, I think, would you like to serve the Lord? Would you like to serve the Lord? Would you like to serve the Lord with all your heart? I mean, for the rest of your life. There's a lot of things you can do. And a lot of people are doing those. Why not do something where there's not much competition? Where very few people can take and pass the test. Because yes, it is strenuous. And yes, the devil will fight you. And yes, it's going to cost you. See, salvation, I'm so glad salvation is free. Going to heaven is free. That's the gift of God. But once you've trusted Christ as your Savior, wouldn't you like to tell somebody else how to get to heaven? And if I was the devil, I'll do everything in my power to kind of keep you from doing that one thing. Because, you see, you can be happy doing a lot of things because it's based upon happenings. But joy comes because you know you have done with your life what God wanted you to. So just remember, the preacher also is always looking And I remember that day when we sat at camp and sitting in one of the golf carts. And I asked Jesse about going to Bible college. I guess Jesse remembers that. He ought to. I have reminded him over and over and over again. (laughs) But was I wrong? Do you regret it? And there's a lot of other people that's never regretted it. But I've seen those who wish they had a... But they regret because they didn't. You see, it's not going to matter what you could have done. It's what did you do? Oh, I could have served the Lord. It's just like whenever, you know, Jesus was in the boat and his disciples. Well, later, see, Jesus is out walking on the water. Peter says, I, I want to do that. He says, ask me to come to you. I'm going to, I want to walk on the water. I thought Bob was going to walk on the water on his swimming pool last night, but he, he didn't want to try it. And Jesus says, come unto me. You know what Peter did? Got out of the boat. See, a lot of God's children, they want the experience, but they won't get out of the boat. They want to play it safe. They don't want to take the chance. They don't want to take the risk. But one thing about Peter, you say, well, he sunk. Yeah, but he walked. He got out of the boat and he walked on water. You know what the other disciples said? I was getting ready to do that. I could, I could have done that. I was just getting ready to get over the side of the boat. Yeah. And when it's all over with, life is over with, and there's no reruns, you're going to wish how much more you could have done for the Lord. But you know the real reason scared. Scared to get out of the boat. Scared that you might sink. Scared that you might not be able to make it. Afraid of falling. It's better to attempt and fail than never to attempt at all. Look at the next verse. Matthew 13, 24. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. And then the next verse is, While men slept while men slept. You see, our country's in the mess that it's in because men slept. A lot of God's people have gone to sleep. They don't wanna fight. They don't wanna dedicate their lives to the Lord and love their wives like they ought to, love their kids like, be the right kind of an example, do the work they're supposed to do, be found faithful like they should. Because you see, if you don't put God first, it means you've fallen in love with something else that you deem to be more important. And nothing's more important than the Lord. God says, nothing is to come between you and him. What is the first commandment? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. Nothing between you and the Lord. And when something comes between you and the Lord, that's an idol. Money can be an idol. Your wife can be an idol. Your husband can be an idol. Or you can worship them and not worship God you can worship your kids you can worship your job you can worship a lot of things and God says my little children in first John chapter 5 keep yourself from idols don't let anything come between you and the Lord but the it's uh, easy preaching and hard living and the reason that um, you see the Christian life is kind of like this little pyramid You see, you you have to win a lot of kids to the Lord, like we used to have ranch. Then I had five ranches. And we would win hundreds and win hundreds to the Lord. And then we'd have camps, and we'd try to get some kids to go to camp, but only a few kids go to camp. And then out of those kids, we wanted them to dedicate their lives to the Lord, and only a few of them did. And then years down the road, there's only a few that'll ever make it. You know, see, the devil is able to knock them off. I've watched over the years how many so-called teenagers they'll dedicate their lives to the Lord, and then the next year they dedicate their dedicator, and then they rededicate their dedicated dedicator. But when they get to a place where they can get the car, then they can go. But then they got to get the job, and then they have to make the payments. And then that freedom, they don't need ranch anymore. They don't need church. Gone. And so how many of them go to Bible college? Because, look, they can go to these other universities and look at the money they can make. It's always about, I've got a dream. I want to do what I want to do. It's my life. How many wind up saying, I want to... I want to be a servant of God, I want to be a missionary, a preacher, an evangelist. I'm gonna to go to Bible college. Because you gotta live by faith. You gotta live by putting your confidence in what God says to do. And you've whittled it down. This is only a few people that'll ever get to the top. You think about how many people have been in this church in ten years since I've been here, and how many men. Gradually get to the place where they can even serve on the board of elders or the board of deacons or be involved in the Lord's or go to Bible college. Whenever Jesus made the statement, he says, Look upon the fields. They're white already to harvest. And he would say, I'll pay laborers. I'll pay you wages if you'll serve me. And people don't realize God will outpay you more than anybody, will offer you in this world. There is no other job that pays as well as God. Because you see, your pay doesn't just come here. Your pay is when you get to heaven and you see the results of your labors. Then you'll be so glad you invested in the kingdom of God. You saw that many people came to know Christ as their Savior. And when this world is all over with, and you realize you only had one chance, no reruns, no instant replays, you got one trip through life, and you gave it to the world. You wanted to do whatever you wanted to do, and might as well take the Bible and throw it in a trash can. You may know you have eternal life and go into heaven when you die, but this thing about dedicating your life to the Lord, to serve the Lord, you gotta wake up. See, the world wants to put you to sleep. The devil wants to put you to sleep. And that's why there's a verse in here that I want to show you. But look, first of all, at the next verse. He says in 1 Corinthians sixteen thirteen, Watch ye stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men, because men don't quit. That's why he says throughout the scriptures about stand fast, always unmovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. But some people think that it is in vain. And so they stop serving God. They become unfaithful in their dedication, in their walk. You see, in a local church, if the preacher can't count on you, God can't count on you. Because he works through the church. I didn't start the church. God did. And he says how it's supposed to be done. All I want to do is just do it the way God says to do it. But you see, there's no way that a preacher can make anybody do anything. It's only the love that you have for the Lord that makes you respond the way you should. If you love him, service is no problem. But if you don't love the Lord, it's like pulling teeth. I was just talking up here just a minute ago with Jim Blevins. I says, Jim, how old are you? He says, 74. I says, you keep pushing me up this hill. And I thought for a minute, there's some people who kind of push you up the hill. I says, but there's others, you seem like you've got to pull them up the hill. Wouldn't you love it if your children loved you voluntarily? But doesn't it hurt just a little bit if they don't love you? At all and you can't make them but you want them to but you know you can't make them that's the way it is with the Lord he says you've left your first love see it's one thing to start out certain the Lord, but can you maintain that love can you maintain that walk with God I pray that you can look at the next verse Ephesians 5 14 wherefore he said awake thou that sleepeth he's not talking to the lost man He's talking to the believer. Because, see, if you're not working for the Lord, you're asleep. And you don't even know it. What is your ministry? What are you doing for the Lord? What are you doing for earth's sake, for heaven's sake? What are you doing on earth for heaven's sake? Look at the next verse. In Hebrews 13, 17... Obey them that have the rule over you You Say nobody rules over me. I'm my own man That's why I'm not committed to anything. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to join no church I don't have to do anything and so therefore I'm a maverick. I'm not responsible Nobody can count on me. Don't need to count on me. I'll do whatever I want to do and answer to nobody How's that feel that freedom? When it's rebellion to God It's total rebellion to God. You won't obey God. When he says here, and submit yourselves for they watch for your what? The church is set up supposedly with godly people who care about your soul. That means your life. You see, God's already saved your soul. But you can surely waste your life. Because when life is all over with, what did you live for? What did you accomplish? And this is why you have to always examine yourselves to see whether or not, am I walking in obedience to God? The next part of this verse says, they watch for your souls and they that must give account. Do you think we have to give an account to God? Does the preacher have to give an account to God one of these days for what he said, did, and taught? Do you believe that? Every one of us shall give account of himself to God in Romans chapter 4 to every one of us. I have to give an account to God for what I say. and You have to give account to God for what you heard. Yes or no? Does God know what you hear? Does God know when you don't come and you could have come and he knows what you could have known had you have heard? Could it have changed your life? That's why he says in the book of James, in chapter one, he said, "He that hath ears to hear, let him, let him hear." You got ears? Can you hear? Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, in the book of Revelation, chapter two and three, all seven churches. Let him that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So it's unto the church. We're the church. And if you don't become even a member of a church, you're still a part of the bride of Christ. You're still a member of God's church. All believers, whoever they may be, if I'm down on skid row and I lead this man to the Lord, he becomes a part of the body of Christ. That very moment. Now get this. He makes a statement in the last part of verse 17. He said that they may do it with what? Now let me ask you this, how many of you love the preacher? I want to see your hand. How many of you love the preacher? I'm the preacher. You don't know who the preacher is? I'm right here. The Bible says you're supposed to love one another. Do you love me? Do you obey me? I won't ask for a raise of hands. I don't want God to strike anybody dead before you get out of here. But if you love me, do you want me to do what I do with grief Do you want me to have to beg and pull you to do something for the Lord? You ought to be running me over trying to do something for God. You say, why? Because you love him so much. You see, the last part of this here says, for this is unprofitable for you. In other words, if you give me a hard time, that's unprofitable for you. You say, you're making that up. Read it again. I didn't write it. Did I write this? I mean, I printed it up on the paper. That doesn't count. But now look at the next statement. Acts chapter 6 and verse 3. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. See, they, they had women were not getting along. The Hebrew women and the Grecian women all meeting together. <laughs> you know how women are. They weren't getting along. And so they began to, you know, go into all the world and preach the gossip, uh, gospel. And you know how some of these Bible studies with just women outside of the church, not responsible to anybody, you know, usually turn into gossip sessions. And it's just for prayer. Boy, you ought to see how much can be done in the name of prayer. And so you find out that um, the apostles said, look, we we got a more important job to do, to study God's word and to preach. So they needed some deacons, and they got seven deacons. The church was multiplied because they had, as he says here, seven men of honest report. You see, sometimes you can't find enough honest men who really are trying to live the way God wants them to live. Not dishonest, like honest men who love their wives, love their kids, trying to be the right example, being in the right place. And there's not enough men to shake this world. And that's why it says in the book of Matthew in chapter 9, he says, when the sheep is scatters because of the Shepherd has been killed. He says, Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth, what? Labors into what? The harvest. In other words, God only had one son and he was a soul winner. He was a missionary. Do you think you can get better than that? You think there's other Things in life better than... You see, it doesn't matter. You can be a doctor and be a soul winner. And you can be a lawyer and be a soul winner. It doesn't matter what you do to pay your way. Paul was a tent maker, but he was a soul winner. So there's things that you can do, but you can still honor the Lord and serve the Lord and do what you do and give why you do because you want it for souls. See, God knows the motive of everything that we do. And so I want you to take your Bible look here. Let's just take a look at these scriptures right here because I think it's so important. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, I want you to take your Bible look in this verse, but beginning in verse 7. And the reason is because um, it's so easy. Sometimes people are fine until they get you know, elected to a position and then they become little bosses. Well, see, deacons are not a little bosses. They're not elected to tell the the board of deacons or the pastor how to do his job. I don't even need the elders to tell me how to do my job. I already know how to do my job. I want them as advisors to my leadership. I got a lot of questions. I got a lot of things that I want to do. But I know that as one person, I can make some bad decisions, so I run everything that I do by the board of elders. I very seldom make decisions outside of the board of elders. And if I have two for and two against, I say, let's just table it. We don't need to split this board. And so we just put it off. And so far, we haven't had to hardly do anything like that. We've got some good, godly men on our board. And I thank the Lord for it. Never seen a place quite like this one. I can't take all the credit. Hank was here before me, and he'd done already done raised up a, a good number of good, godly individuals. And I thank the Lord for Hank. But I want you to look there in chapter 3. Look in verse 7. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without. But see, just trying to find people that have a good testimony is difficult. And some people, they don't want to be used. Would you like to be a deacon? Nope, don't put me down. I don't want that. Why? Because sometimes people begin to look at you and think, you know, you shouldn't do that. You're a deacon. What do you think they do to me? You're the pastor, you're not supposed to do that. You ought to seen what my kids went through when they were just plain, normal kids. You're the preacher's kid, you're not supposed to do that. You're the preacher's kid, you're the preacher's kid. Everybody in the church would always get out there magnifying glass and they would examine my kids. What were they looking for? A reason not to listen to the preacher. Cause see, If they can find fault there, it's the pastor's fault. It's his, those are his kids. You ought to see what my kids had to endure and go through. I believe God's going to give them a special reward and they get to heaven, why, just because they were a preacher's kids. They didn't do anything better than anybody else. And most times they didn't do anything worse than what somebody else's kids were doing. But there's a price to pay. And sometimes it comes down, if you get hurt, then the wife gets hurt. And a lot of damage can be done. That's why these things are taught in the Bible about how we're supposed to do things. So he says in the last part of it, which are without, lest ye fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. The devil is always trying to find a reason, a way to get in on somebody. And if you exalt a person too soon, they can become lifted up with pride. Look at me. I sing in the choir. Well, God bless you I'm the piano player I'm the choir director I'm the preacher I'm a deacon, I'm an elder watch out for me I'm somebody it's better to do the work without the title than have the title and not do the work but no title is given to anybody for the purpose of exaltation in the eyes of man but he's to become a servant how can I help you How can I minister to you? It's not you working for me, it's me working for you. You see, you don't know it, you don't do anything for the preacher here. I do what I do for you. You're supposed to know that and believe that. And so it just means you're a servant. Servant of all. And you want God to use you.
1: Amazing grace. Amazes me.
0: Dr. Arnold has many
1: items to help you in your walk with the Lord, including videos, books, tracks, outlines to hundreds of sermons, over 4,000 radio messages, and preaching schedule. Once again, feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com. Or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. That's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family.
0: Friend. One day it will happen, the trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up.
1: Amazing grace amazes me.